With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Does your little one love Paw Patrol? What about dinosaurs? Well, perfect, because the new season of Paw Patrol is here. And guess what? It's a dino rescue. I personally can't wait for my kid to watch each episode 10 times a night. Woo! On the plus side, all your holiday and birthday gift shopping is pretty much done. Because, of course, there are a whole new batch of dino rescue toys, too. Paw Patrol Dino Rescue. Check it out. It's going to be awesome. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from the Herspace Podcast, and I just wanted to give you a quick disclaimer to let you know that today's episode is a live session recorded at the University of San Francisco. Although we have a live audience, we didn't have microphones for the audience members this time around, so you may not be able to hear their questions or their feedback. However, Dom and I did try to do our best to repeat what they said. We just wanted to let you know before you start listening. Next time around, we'll be sure to have microphones. Bear with us. We're still a work in progress. Thanks for tuning in and let's dive into this episode. On this week's episode in Her Space. The boundary setting can definitely be a hard thing to do, but it only takes a little bit of practice. Mm -hmm. And so one of the tips we want to give you all is that boundary setting is important. And everything that you do within navigating relationships it only takes a baby step. And that practice makes permanent. Not perfect, mm-hmm. but permanent. And so the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. If we think about like riding a bike, right? When you first started riding a bike, were you good at it? <laughs> nope. Nope, I know I sure wasn't. Or how about driving a car? So, Terry, you ready? Yes. <laughs> what is the worst relationship that you've been in that you can kind of recall for us? Okay. So I'm going to tell you the worst relationship, but I'm going to use a story. And so I want to let you know that if you, if I'm telling the story and anything resonates with you and you're like, oh my gosh, been through that girl. Yes. I just want you to give me a, mm-hmm. Can we do that? Let's do that on the count of three together. Okay. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. So sit back and let's take this ride. All okay. Right. So it all started. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say this, but this person and I will call him Jose to respect his confidentiality because I don't know this person anymore. But um, we met online 
And so that's the first part for me, because this was years ago. Should I tell you the website we met on? We met on MySpace. I know it's like super <laughs> it's embarrassing, but like it this is, MySpace doesn't even my, exist I anymore. Know, right? so it's like okay, we met on MySpace. So the first thing for me was that I am not going to tell anyone where we met. So like I had this whole lie built up, like oh we met at a pizza shop, like it was just random, and like well, raise your hand if you met anyone at a pizza shop ever and dated them. Okay, so I chose the worst lie ever, but anyway, we met on MySpace. And the weird thing about it is we were friends for two years. Mm-hmm. So we never met each other. We were just like talking on the phone because we connected over like our interests or something. And it was very innocent. We were just friends. Two years. I felt like I knew him as a person. And so two years later, um, we ended up meeting in person. And you ever like notice red flags, but. <laughs> okay. I saw some <laughs> fishing. I didn't hear them. Okay. So I noticed some red flags, but I, you know how we just like, oh, it's just, just this little thing. Uh. So the re- that bad. It can't be that bad, no, right? No, like, no. Oh. So the red flag that I noticed is that when we met, we were like really great because we had talked for two years. We were like really good friends. We knew each other pretty deeply because of these long conversations. And when we met, he was like very, I mean, I was excited to meet him, but he was like very adamant about dating. And I really wasn't in a place where I wanted to be in a relationship or date anyone. But I was at a point in my life where I was still like working on building my self-esteem, working on building my confidence. And one thing I always struggled with was saying no when I meant it. Like for me, mm, that's what I'm talking about. No was not a complete sentence. And so because of things that I had been through growing up and my life, I just struggled with saying no. And so I kind of felt like low-key pressured to be in the relationship because he was like, we'd be so good together. Like we're friends, da 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 And I was just like, okay, I guess let's, let's see what happens. That was the first red flag for me because I did say, I don't know. I wasn't very interested, but he kind of continued to press. And so long story short, the beginning was great. Honeymoon phase, going on dates, we're talking on the phone, meeting family, all that was great. But then something changed and it changed drastically. And I never foresaw this relationship getting to that point. Mm -hmm. And so some of the things that came up for me um, was that he started to get really controlling Mm -hmm. to the point where... He would, you know, not want me to, like, talk to colleagues that were males. He would think that he actually came to me to one of my family events, and he thought that my uncle was, like, trying to hit on me, which is really weird stuff. But he was, like, very insecure, but he was like, you can't look at anyone. You can't talk to anyone or, like, have friends. And it was just really strange for me. And I felt like he was kind of trying to pull me away from the people that love me the most, like my family, my church family, things like that. And... I tried to break up with him because I was like, this is just too much. And every time I tried to break up with him, it would just be like this this sad pity story. And like he would, you know, be dramatic and make me feel bad. And in the relationship, I began to feel like I was being like emotionally and mentally. It was so draining. Like it was just, it was a lot, you know? And I felt like I had sort of become this person I didn't want to become because I was trying to appease him. And that's kind of the gist of it. As a psychologist, when Mm. I hear this, I immediately was picking up on all the red flags, right? All the warning signs of, hey, maybe she should back away from this. Maybe it might be a good idea to reevaluate the relationship. But I want to check in with you all to see if you all can kind of figure out what were or notice some of the red flags that she shared. And anybody can point 
point it out. There's no wrong answer here. I think um, just from the beginning where he insisted you guys should be in a relationship and didn't really acknowledge that you weren't fully into it, but still pushed for it. Like, yeah, just like from the beginning, I see that as a big red flag. Mm -hmm. A healthy relationship should be about equality and should have open communication. So there should be a conversation about, is this what we both want? And if it's not, how do we figure out what's going to be the best for each of us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that isolation oftentimes is one of the first steps that can lead to interpersonal, inner partner uh, violence. And so, yes, that is an excellent red flag to pick up on. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories, and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, You'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. So you want to tell them what ended up happening and what lessons you ended up ultimately learning? Yeah, for sure. So for, for in that situation, um, I feel like I broke up with him like five times and find like I would keep going back. And it was like he had gotten to a point where he was he was never violent, but I felt like it was going to get to that point. And he was like physical in a way that made me very uncomfortable. And so finally, I was just like, you know what? I have to like, I just I have to stop because when someone gets you in that like that space where you're isolated, you begin to. I mean, for me personally, at least, I began to believe everything that he was saying, and it just totally took me out of the person that I was. And looking back on it, I'm like, why didn't I see that? It's so bizarre. And I, I spent time beating myself up after the fact, of course. Um, but I did finally end up breaking up with him. Um, totally like cut him out of my life. And life was so much better after that. Um, but I still had some like emotional trauma that I had to heal from because. I was disappointed in myself. Like, how did I, like, my mom is this strong, amazing woman. She taught me so well. How did I get in that position? I never thought that I would be a person who would be in a situation where I would, like, let someone control me in my life. And so I think what I learned um, there is that it's so important to utilize our voice. Like, our voice is our power. And there was a quote that the woman that spoke earlier shared that from, was it Alice? I forget who shared the quote. Alice Walker. Alice Walker's quote about, you know, someone, I, I don't know the quote verbatim, but basically it was saying that anyone that's going to take you, like, that's going to discourage you to use your voice is, they shouldn't be in your life. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the things that I learned from that situation. And so when we hear her story, are there any things that, other things that come up for you when you think about, like, that was a toxic, what we would consider a toxic relationship? And one of the things that I think about is that you mentioned going back multiple times and that's something that that happens. That's a normal pattern when it comes to leaving abusive relationships. And even though you didn't identify the relationship as physically abusive, mm-hmm. that's a sign. All the things that you pointed out were signs of emotional abuse. And emotional and verbal abuse is still just as valid and can still be just as damaging. But not all relationships are like that, right? So what Terry's pointing out to us is that she learned she learned some valuable lessons from that relationship, right? One of the things that you pointed out was that you learned to use your voice. So can you tell us or can you think of another relationship where you actually had the opportunity to use your voice and what was that like? For sure. So after that relationship, I kind of got into a place in life where I was like, okay, that was so bad. It was like so far from anything I'd ever experienced. And I didn't even recognize myself after the relationship, but I had to do some rebuilding. So I was building up my self-esteem, building up my confidence. I was like, I am not dating anyone regardless of how, you know, much they may try to, you know, pursue or, you know, flatter or whatever. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be focused and date myself. And so I spent two years literally, like, 
reading self-help books, spending time with myself, like literally taking myself on dates and getting to like sort of strengthen my own spirit. And there was this guy that was, you know, you know, you like text people. I don't hear any mm-hmms yet. But you know, you like, you know, you just have friends, right? Now we talk about this in one of our little text buddies. <laughs> so all I'm going to say, I'm trying to think. So I went through a little phase where I just had lots of friends, right? And we're like texting. And this one guy in particular, he would always text me. I can't remember what he said, but he would say something like, not big head in the sense that, you know, how today people are like, hey, big head. You know what I mean? Not like that, but he said something that was kind of like, it was like a little negative and it like hit me the wrong way. So I don't know if it was like, hey, ugly or something, because some people in certain communities play around and say things like that, right? And so he had said something and I was so serious with him. I was like, oh yeah, that I don't like that. So you need to stop calling me that or whatever. And he thought it was a joke. He was like playing around. I was like, I'm dead serious. Like if you continue to do that, I'm not going to text you back. Ooh, and you set a boundary. Yes, I set a boundary. <laughs> boundaries, right? Have, have you all she practiced said. setting boundaries? Are you all familiar with setting <laughs> some boundaries? <laughs> and sometimes it feels weird, like, because I'm just that person that's more so like, oh, I'll go with the flow. Like, mm, it's okay. But I realized that I had to stand up for myself because, one, we're our own advocates, right? So if we don't stand up for ourselves, how can we expect someone else to? Mm-hmm. And in those, like, one-on-one intimate relationships, you're you're up to bat for yourself, right? That other person has may have their own interests, they may have their own agenda, and so I realized that I really, as, as silly as it may have sound, someone else may have said it's okay if someone calls me ugly. Like I know I'm not, I don't care. Well, I was struggling with some low self esteem and confidence issues, and so calling me that is going to now make me repeat those things to myself when I'm by myself. So I was like, I can't have any negative you know, influences, because I could do that all by myself, because I'm so good at it, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a pro. I'm a pro. Mm-hmm. Leave me in a room by myself, and I'll, like, tear myself apart. So it's like, I don't need your help. And so I set that boundary with him, ended up not talking to him again, um, but it just made me realize that our voice is so powerful. And one of the things that this, this other guy said to me one day was, um, I approached him about something he said, and he said to me something that was so powerful that I mentioned in one of our other episodes and he said oh I never knew that that hurt your feelings you never said anything and you just like you let me do it so I figured it was okay and I was like light bulb the Mm. world does what we allow them to do and what we allow will continue I was like I had all this power and didn't even realize it Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) when you all hear that Are there times that you can think of where either you set some boundaries for yourself or someone said something that really resonated with you that really caused a mind shift in terms of how you interact specifically with dating and relationships? Give me a mm mm-hmm if that works, (laughs) if if you've experienced that. All right, so not so many mm-hmmms. So to me, I hear that as that might be something that we struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And so the boundary setting can definitely be a hard thing to do, but it only takes a little bit of practice. Mm-hmm. And so one of the tips we want to give you all is that boundary setting is important. And everything that you do within navigating relationships, it only takes a baby step. And that practice makes permanent. 
not perfect, mm -hmm. but permanent. And so the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. If we think about like riding a bike, right? When you first started riding a bike, were you good at it? Mm -mm. <laughs> nope. nope, I know I sure wasn't. Or how about driving a car? First time you got behind the wheel, did you know what you were doing? I remember I scared my mom the first time I got behind the car with her because I went over this parking oh, speed gosh. bump thing and she just knew we were about to crash. I was scared too. Like I just, I just knew that was it and I was never going to be able to drive again. Yeah. A couple of decades later, <laughs> I'm driving. And, and so that shows that like, even if the first couple of go rounds, it doesn't go as well as you want it to, you keep trying. And the more you try, the easier it becomes and the better you'll be at it. And so when it comes to dating overall, that is one big lesson is that if it doesn't work in that one relationship, it's okay to try it again within the next relationship. It could be an issue of compatibility. And so real quickly, because I want to be mindful of our time to give you all space to kind of ask us the questions that you all um, filled out. T, can you share with us a story of how you, after you've learned how to use your voice, you've been in that toxic relationship, then you got to the relationship where you actually used your voice and it didn't quite work out. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us about like what it means to be a woman now in a relationship? Because by the way, she is married. <laughs> and so. Not to the crazy one. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, no. another crazy one. But <laughs> what it means to be in a healthy marriage. Yes. Um, what I'll say first is my husband and I, we have a lot of conversation. And I don't have, if he was here right now, he'd be like, y'all, she don't have a problem speaking up for herself. Because I, I just, I got to that place where I advocate for my own needs, even in a marriage. Because even in, you know, even when you're married, your your partner, they'll have their own agenda and they'll have things that, that they want. And it's funny, my husband and I, were, last night we were talking about the noise level in our house. So we have a loft and so he likes it very loud. I like it quiet. And so we were having a conversation because I'm an introvert, he's an extrovert. So it's like, Lord, how did this come together but we're like we're really compatible so we were talking about okay well maybe i need something like an hour of quiet time because the noise that that just i can't do that all the time so just being able to communicate about those things um and so one thing we don't buy into is like the stereotypical societal gender roles and i know when we got married my family they expect me to be like the woman that my mom and grandmother were where it's like you stay at home you cook and do this but I speak and travel and do all these things. So sometimes dinner is not going to be on the table this time. But he knows how to cook and we we have our balance. And so he might do laundry. I might clean the toilets and like, I don't know, um, cook the food and he'll do the dishes. Like we have what works for us. And so I think it's so important to realize that whatever works for you and your partner, of course, if no one's getting hurt, no one's being abused, like whatever works for you and your partner, it works for you. It ain't none of nobody else's business on who does what in the household. If it works for you and you're both comfortable with it. It is what it is. You know what I mean? And so I feel like for me, I've had to even check my family sometimes. And they're like, what you making for dinner tonight? Oh, I'm not doing dinner. I'm like at the speaking engagement. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you know? And so it's important to realize that. 
And I think that's a, that's an important thing of recognizing that what works for you is going to work for you. And that boundary setting that you're practicing in all your relationships, because you're able to tell your family, this is my relationship. This is how my partner and I navigate our relationship. And so being able to set that boundary with friends and family as well and assert yourself and let them know that as long as you're safe, as long as both you and your partner are safe, what happens in your relationship is between the two of you. And the big lesson is that there are no rules when it comes to dating. How you interact with one partner is going to be different than how you interact with the next partner. Because that partner is different and hopefully there are some lessons and things that you have learned or that you've been through, good and bad, that you're bringing in to the next relationship. And so it can't be expected that you're going to follow a set of rules. So again, that big key is that there are no rules. Some of the things that may have worked for your parents or your grandparents or even your siblings might not work for you. And that is perfectly okay. So can I piggyback off of you yeah. too? And when it comes to like speaking up in relationships, one thing I did, I began to practice in other areas like Don was saying. Mm -hmm. So at the nail shop, when the ladies do my nail and like she gets the side of my skin, usually I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to be chill. No, I'll like, excuse me, that hurt. Like you just hurt my, like little things like that. Or if you're mm -hmm. in the lift and the windows are up and you're like, I'm actually a little hot in here and I don't want to be that person. No, excuse me, can you roll down the window? Or like something, speak up in those little instances and you'll yep. be able to do it in a relationship and I also want to put it out there that you're valuable you don't have to put up with anything that does not make you feel good so if you're ever in a situation where someone is making you feel less than worthy or less than beautiful or less than how you should feel that is not okay and so I just want to put that out there and so now it's time for questions from you all and so I know some of you all had a chance to kind of write down a couple of things so if you can kind of Pass those things this way. I'm going to read them anonymously. <laughs> when is a good time to have a defining the relationship conversation? If you haven't had the DTR, defining the relationship convo, is it best to assume non-exclusivity? How should you talk about seeing multiple people simultaneously, i.e. dating? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good one. Hmm. This is interesting because when I hear this question, it makes me think about my experiences and relationships. And I feel like I have typically been that person that has trouble with defining because I felt like I was a title freak. Like I got freaked out by titles. So I want to know what you, do you have a perspective on that? Um, Getting caught up in the titles can be a hard thing for us to let go of, right? And so... And I know for myself that at times, different points in my life, I've also struggled with that, mm -hmm. right? So even as a psychologist, I have my own stuff that I have to work through, right? And so one of the things that I think about in terms of titles, 
and exclusivity. It's about communication. That's the biggest key. It's about having the conversation mm -hmm. and having the conversation when it feels right for you. So you know how we said there are no rules? So there really is no cut and dry answer on at this specific point in the relationship, this is when you need to have the conversation. You may be dating one person and then you all are in a space where you're really feeling each other, like you're really vibing. And maybe you want to be exclusive. If that's the case, have that conversation. And if they don't have, if they're not in that space, know that that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it may hurt. Not may. It probably mm -hmm. will hurt because that's our ego involved, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> but we know what the, we know what the deal is, and we can adjust our behaviors to match what's really happening. So that person is saying. No, they don't want to be exclusive. So that means chances are their behavior is going to reflect that they don't want to be exclusive. Mm -hmm. If you are looking to be exclusive, maybe this might not be the person to be with after all. Exactly. And to speak into this last part of the question, I want to talk about like the friends with benefit situation, because I think there's for women in particular, there's a lot of shame around that where it's like, oh, well, first, everyone doesn't have to know your business. That's number one. And after I got out of this crazy, toxic relationship, I had a friends with benefits and I never would have said anything at that point in my life. But I'm at this place now where obviously I'm married, so I don't have any friends with benefits. I guess my husband would be my friend with benefits, though, huh? Yeah. So, I, guess yeah, I, yeah. I guess I do have a friends with benefits. But I feel like as women, we need to like embrace what we really want. And sometimes if you have, like, if there's someone in your life that's special and it's a man or a woman and you just literally want them, like, to be with them for in one capacity, it's okay to be able to express that. Like, don't make anyone shame you or feel bad because you want this kind of relationship, but they may not want it. Like, it is what it is. We're all human beings. How do we think we got here? Like, right, right. You know what and I mean? So like, it's mm -hmm. about owning it yes. and being being safe, but being safe. but owning it, right? And saying and and communicating. Yep. If that's the person that you, there's a person that you only want to be around them for sex. Communicate that and give that person the opportunity to make the decision. Is that what they want from you as well? Communication is the big key. That's the important underlying factor in all relationships is communication. All right, what's our next question? Let's see. All right. So we kind of talked, touched on the communication. Um, mm, okay. I'm someone who wants everyone to like me right away. In order to do this, I hide my true self when I'm first meeting people. If I see, if I'm seeing someone and I start revealing my, my true self later, is that bad foundation for a relationship? Is it like lying? So someone wrote my life story on the card, basically? Is that oh, right? oh, okay. Is that what happened? I, I, that's, I felt that in my spirit. You felt that? You I were identifying that. with that? I identify okay. with that. Okay. <laughs> Did you identify with that? Uh, a little bit, a little <laughs> All right, bit, go ahead, right? talk about it. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> when I think back to some of my early relationships, I would always go out on dates. And the thing that was put out there was you have to put your best foot forward. You have to, you know, make a good first impression. And then I would always get little feedback on other things that, well, don't let don't let him know that you like this. Don't let him know that you do this and all these things about what not to do. And I realized, and Chris Rock talks about it in one of his comedy sketches about like sending your representative, right? When you're on a date, when you're first getting to know someone that you send this representative and it's not a reflection of who you really are. So what you're doing is you're creating a falsehood. You're setting up a relationship on something that's not real. You're setting it up so that this person potentially could be falling in love with, or at least initially like with something that's not really you. And then once you reveal your true self, then that person gets upset and they're like, who this? <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. And then that causes all kinds of issues, right? And so the healthier thing to do and often the scarier thing to do, because if we're honest about it, sometimes being healthy means doing something that doesn't feel comfortable initially, but in the long run will feel better, will be better off for it, is to be your true self. So if you don't like getting up at six in the morning, to have this big elaborate breakfast and th and that's what your partner likes then say that if your partner likes to go out and party thursday through sunday night and you're like i got class i have things that i need to be studying for i have work that i need to be doing i can't party every night and i just don't like to party every night I would be much more comfortable Netflix and chill. If that's what you want, if that's who you are, say that from the beginning. Put your true self out there from the beginning to give that other person a fair chance to get to know the real you and for you to get to know the real them. And one thing I would add on to that is like there was a piece in the beginning of that about I want people to like me. And that's something I struggle with like all my life. And I'm still working with one of my coaches on a certain aspect of that, even though I've evolved and like come to a different place. But that stems. I want you to think about where that came from in your mm -hmm. life. For me, being abused as a child and like wanting my mom's attention because she was abusive, like wanting her attention and wanting her like to be a good girl in her eyes and wanting to be liked came from then and traveled with me all through life because you'll notice as we continue to evolve that our childhood never really leaves it's still there and has a lot of symptoms you know and so for me what I learned is that I have to spend time with me liking me and so as quirky and weird and cheesy and corny as I am when I spent those two years in grad school dating myself and like getting clear on who I was and standing firm and okay this is who I am and it's okay and if someone doesn't like that that's okay. I still want to be liked. Like, I want you all to like me. I do want to be liked, but I don't want you to like me more than I like myself. And I think getting to that place is what's going to be key for you so that you can feel comfortable showing up more fully in that relationship. 
Another? One more. Okay. Okay. When the relationship or person is no longer serving you and the person is not all bad and want to and you want to keep them around, what should you say to that? Keep them around or move on and let them go? Why is it hard to see or accept why some things are not okay? Okay, so let's talk about the first part first. When a relationship is no longer bad. So it's like, it's not bad to the point where I don't want you in my life at all, but like, I still like you to be my friend, but just not in a relationship with me. That is possible. It can be tricky because sometimes... Folks, and that was the situation with me. Like, I wanted to be friends, but some people don't know how to have those clear boundaries right after a relationship. And so I think sometimes you might need some time and space. Um, But what I learned, like, if I look back on relationships, I needed to be a lot more honest. There were times when I put up with stuff. We can cuss in here or no? Mm -hmm. When I put up with shit, I didn't want to put up with it. Okay, I put up with shit and I didn't didn't want to. I said yes when I didn't want to say yes. I am so, like, over that kind of thing in my life. And I think just, just walking in that power a bit more. So... Just having an honest conversation with someone. They, they may get mad. Be gentle with their feelings, right, because they're human beings as well. But having a simple conversation and just saying, like, hey, I want to check in about our relationship. This is what's coming up for me. I know it might be difficult for you to hear this. I still value you as a person. I want you in my life. But I don't think this relationship is serving me in the way that I, you know, it once did. If they can't take an honest answer and you're not, like, beating around the bush, you're just being an upfront human being with them. If they can't take that, it says a lot about who they are. It, they may be hurt and they may come back around later. But I think that just being true to yourself and being honest as soon as you can because life is too precious, life is not promised, and it's too short to be spending time in a place where you don't want to be, right? Tom, you want to add anything there? So real quick, what I want to say to that is recognizing that that person, once you communicate your needs, because set it, like we said, setting your boundaries in, communication is important. Once you say that, you're not really interested anymore, they may be upset and they may decide, nope, not doing this. They want you completely out. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is, is that it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning about having those mutual conversations, mutual agreements. So if you're wanting one thing and they're wanting something different, what is going to be the best option for both of you? And in that moment, in that situation, what may be best for both of you is for you all to no longer be in communication, for you all to no longer interact with one another. And so then the healthy thing is to have a conversation about how can we begin this separation? Does it mean that if I see you on campus or I see you around the office or I see you in the streets? What am I going to do when I run into you? How, what are you going to do when you run in, when you see me? It's not always an easy conversation to have, but it's still an important one. And so recognizing that we're kind of at the end of our time for today, I just want to thank you ladies for sharing your questions and agreeing to kind of sit in her space with us. Terry, do you have anything you want to kind of leave us with? Um, I just want to leave you with one, her space is an acronym for healing, empowerment, resilience. And so if you ever need a dose of motivation, inspiration, you can jef- definitely check out the podcast, herspacepodcast.com. We go into some very like real topics. Um, you know, we talk about procrastination, time management, toxic relationships, um, adulting and all those good things.
Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am not defined by where I come from or what happened to me. I get to create my own destiny. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, ladies. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.